Welcome to the Bushnell Project. Welcome back for some of you men and for many of you first-time listeners. Welcome to the Bushnell Project. My name is John Bushnell. <clears throat> I live in the middle of nowhere and I'm not a specialist. I'm just a regular average Joe. But this is my my special podcast on the coronavirus 19. We are on March 30th, so I don't know what day of the whole pandemic we're on, but it is March 30th, 2020, as I record this, we have 741,030 cases worldwide, 35,114 deaths, 156,652 recovered worldwide. And it's, it's getting bigger. There are some interesting numbers in all of this. For instance, China seems to not change in a long time. And seems to have a lot fewer cases than would be expected with the population they have. So there's a lot of uncertainty about the numbers coming out of some parts of the world. Here in the United States, where we still have private medicine, to a certain degree, we seem to do better at keeping track of what's going on for the simple reason that we want help. And we're not looking to blame, we're looking to help. And so I want to really go on that route here and around the world. If you're listening to this and you're a Christian person, I want to challenge us in really rising up during this time. This is this is not a time to, to stick your hand, head in the sand. This is a time to understand the days, understand your times, and seize the day. And throughout Scripture, we see heroes of the faith that do that. And Esther comes to mind because her cousin, who was old enough that some people call him her uncle, but they actually were cousins. But Mordecai tells her that maybe for such a time as this, were you even born? And Esther answers the call probably as a teenager. She's probably not very old. And so today, are you seizing the moment? That's and that's my call to us. And I want to read from Romans chapter 12. Matthew chapter 5 gives us some great insight in who we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to act as believers, as followers of Christ, and that we are to be salt and we are to be light. Matthew 5, 14, 15, and 16 spell that out pretty well. But I want to go to Romans 12 and look as a community, the biblical community, the church, which is it's people. It's not the buildings. It's the people. It's not the the even the organization uh, that can be very religious. But we, the body of Christ, it, we are the people, and we'll, you'll see that clearly here in Romans chapter twelve. So if you can bear with me, if you're new to this, I'm not the best reader. Again, I I kind of tagged it as average John because that's my name versus the average Joe, and. But I believe in, very much believe in the Word of God, very much believe in Jesus Christ. So if that's offensive to you, then you've probably already turned this off. Uh, But no apologies here. I'm not trying to broadcast to you if it's offensive. I'm trying to broadcast to those who call themselves Christian, who want to have a biblical, godly, life-giving, life-preserving response to this horrific nightmare that is very much upon us. So... Um, looking at Romans chapter 12, 
and it's a, a letter from Paul to the church in Rome. And in verse in chapter 12, starting in verse 3, many are very, very familiar with verses 1 and 2, and some with 3, but I want to start in verse 3 and help us understand this idea of who we are as a body. So he starts off by, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, now he's speaking to the church, okay, not, not to those who are not a part of the body, every among, among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one, one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us then, let us use them. And then he goes on and he lists the uh, the gifts. And so I don't want to get into a, a big conversation about gifts and things like this. There's seven unique things here. All of us are supposed to to show these in one measure or another, but each of us has been given, if we're, if we're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, we will be given an extra measure of grace in one of these areas. And and so to, to think, this is just articulating again, though, that we are one body, but we have different gifts. And so to think about what are you doing, what is your strength, and performing in that area, but not forsaking performing in others. Like one of these is mercy. And he goes, well, I don't, I don't have mercy. So I don't need to worry about that. Well, no, we all need to show mercy. But some of us, not me, but some of us will really have an extra measure of mercy, right? But I still have to show mercy, even though I don't have that extra measure of it. So I just want to say that before I get into this list, because then all people are going to hear, are, are, it's prophecy. What does that mean? And, and then we're not going to get into that. But anyway, so having gifts that differ, right, use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts, which is like coaching, in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Okay, so that's that, that's a big part of how we should be responding to this whole thing. We should be walking in greater faith, we should be serving, we should be teaching, we should be uh, exhorting, or, or, or another word might be, we, mu- we could be encouraging, right? That we must be generous, that we need to be full of zeal and cheerfulness as we perform what God has called us to do and equipped us to do and given us grace to do. Then he goes on, verse 9, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, which is like being super conceited, right? Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give 
but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So, great, great advice here from Paul to us on how to live right now in this day, in this moment. In this moment, how are you living? And to unpack that and to think about how am I responding to my family now that I'm isolated with them for a lot more time than I want to be? How am I responding to to work, to my neighbors, to those I have to associate with or those who maybe I can't associate with? How am I responding that I can't get my dose of whatever my addiction, hobby other God is, right? Come on, let's be honest. We have these other gods and we're missing them, whether it's sports, whether it's socializing, whatever it might be, the hobby, the bowling, uh, we're coming in the spring, all, all the different things that we're now missing. And to back away from that and go, you know what, what should I be focusing on? What needs to have my attention? Obviously, Hopefully, prayerfully, God has your attention at this point, and you're going to His Word and and reading in it. Now, as we do that, as we get more zoned in to what God is doing, then we start to notice our neighbor, or maybe we start to notice how are we doing as parents, how are we doing as spouses, how are we doing as kids, depending on who's listening to this, right? So, we're, whatever station of life you are in, position that you are holding format that you are trying to unwrap around you because everything is changing and we don't know what tomorrow holds. But Paul is telling us we do know who holds our, who should hold our affection, who should be the one we are worshiping, who is the one that can guide us and hold us and give us the grace we need to make it through these times. So let's back up to the beginning of Romans very familiar verse that all of you will recognize. Paul has just unpacked maybe possibly the greatest 11 chapters of theology. Uh, theology is just the study of God, and and then uh, doctrine is, is looking at who we are in, in that. So who is God and who are we compared to God? And he unpacks that. And then because of all that, he then says, I appeal to you. So this is verse 1 of chapter 12 of Romans. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Now, this is not a call to go die. It is a call to not live for yourself, but to live for something much bigger than yourself, and that is to live for God. And so... By forsaking the things that our body naturally wants and going after God, delighting ourselves, as the psalmist says in, I want to say Psalms 37.4, I always get it wrong, but Psalms 37.4, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. But it starts from a position of humbling yourself before the Lord And then when you're in that position and you are humbled before the Lord and you are before the Lord, you will be in a place like no other. You will not be in a place that anything else on this earth can top. You really, it can't. And that's why he's calling us to do that. He knows 
that if we can get to this place of real worship where we lay down our lives and say, God, this life here that you've given me, it's yours. It's yours. Use me how you seem see as it, it is best for your glory, for the advancement of your kingdom, for the renown of your name, for blessing those that you want me to bless, for being salt and being light, for taking on those attitudes that we see in Matthew 5, like meekness and humility, that we would take on those, right? And then verse 2 tells us about the war that is at hand, and it's it's for our mind, okay? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern <clears throat> what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So by getting into God's word, we battle against the world for our mind. So for us to really delight in God, we need to have this battle in our head that that's really what's best. And then through our heart's desire to worship God in spirit and truth and to be the Christian that Jesus has called us to be, to be the the follower of Christ, to be the man or woman of God, to be the, the obedient child that brings honor and blessing to his or her parents, to be the kind of parent that children rise up and say, man, that's a, my mom, my dad, they're awesome. They're incredible. We have to really be at a place of trusting God and trusting God more than anything else this world has for us, more than our career, more than our bank account, more than the stuff that we have, more than the the things that we're good at, your talent. If, if the only value you have is because of a talent you have to sing or play an instrument or play a sport or an art, to be able to draw or dance, to whatever it might be, if that's where you find your value, I want you to know that God finds you needy in those areas. He gave you those talents, so big whip to do. Actually, He loves you for you, that He's made you in His image, and He loves you, and He cares for you, and it's not about your your talents, it's you, and He wants to develop His character in you because it's the character that really matters. And so in this Romans chapter 2, Romans 12, verse 2, that we we seek to honor God by allowing his word to win the battle in our brain for to, to, to become, to help us have the right desires and that we can end up in that place where we delight ourselves in the Lord. And then he gives us the desires of our hearts. So delighting in the Lord that's a that's the head game and we win that by being in God's word. So I want to encourage you in this time to be more into God's word than ever before. To be on your knees. You know, when we pray, I think as Americans, we've really gotten into the habit of just kind of praying at the table. Maybe we fold our hands, maybe we don't. And I'm just as guilty if not more guilty sometimes of that. Even tonight as we went to eat, I grilled out and I just was ready to eat. And I said, well, God, thank you for this food. And she just named me, man, bam. And I was eating. And it was no gathering at the table. There was no waiting for everybody. I was ready to eat. Now, I've been praying a lot throughout the day. However, there's no excuse for the way I did that. And, I, and I've and i been convicted lately that how much of my praying is 
privately and on my knees, where I'm literally on my knees and trying to allow God, as he wins the battle through his word in my brain, to also win the battle in my heart. And so some people talk about that 18 or 20 inches difference between the brain and the heart. There's a chemistry here in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, that ties the two together, that I think are tied together in Psalms 37, 4, where if we delight ourselves in the Lord, head game, that then he will give us the desires of our heart, right? So he wins our heart and bam, we're with, we're, we're there with God. And then verses three through the end of where I read was um, right around verse uh, 17. Um, yeah, verse 17, that here's how you walk that out. Here's how the, this is what it looks like when we're doing verses one and two properly. Now, we're not going to be perfect. None of us will be, but we are driven in that direction. And when we're driving in that direction, that momentum of being in God's word, trying to be right with God, walking with God, communing with God, having that relationship with God and others who are following Christ, that that momentum, that synergy will create the right atmosphere for us to be able to minister to others and they're going to want our help. They're going to want people who can stand up and be full of joy. And I'm not talking about laughing and being all, hey, this is this is oh, this is easy. This is nothing. Come on. No, no, no. I'm not talking about that kind of joy. I'm just talking about being full of joy, though, because we have this great hope in Jesus Christ. And although I might get sick or someone I love might get sick and might die, I still have this great joy and this great hope in Christ Jesus. I may be weeping at someone's bedside holding somebody's hand as they take their last breath here on earth, I'm still full of joy even though my heart is breaking. Why? Because I have Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ is my center. He He's the gravity, if you will, that holds me together. So then in the worst of times, I can stand, not because of my strength, but because of who is in me and who I worship and who I serve. And so I want to encourage you guys, we need to be willing to step out on faith and know that God can hold me up even in these worst of times. And these are not yet the worst of times. I can tell you that right now. But they could end up being that. Or if you are holding the hand of someone who is dying, that's a pretty bad moment. But God can give you the strength to do that. And in that moment, you'll need that grace. And in that moment, you'll know that you belong to Him because He will give you that grace. And there'll be joy and there'll be hope, but there'll also be tears and heartbreak and uncertainty to a certain degree, but but still hope because you're human and because the human that you're holding hands with is, is moving from this world to the next. And that can be very, very scary. And so these are, these are uh, fragile times and we need to rise up to these times with our eyes on Jesus and our hands and feet ready to serve, to serve our family, to serve our neighbors, to serve our strangers we do not know, even to serve our enemies. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening. And I hope to be able to do another podcast one day soon. Until then, stay the course, eyes on Jesus.
and let's be in prayer for one another. In Jesus' name, amen.